All right, construction champions, it's your host, Ron Newsbaum, and we're here for another amazing episode of the Construction Champions Podcast, where we talk about what it takes for you to not only be a construction champion in your business, but your life and with your family as well and what that looks like. Today, we have another amazing guest. Chris, great to have you here with us today. Thanks, Ron. It's great to be here. Appreciate you having me on. Awesome. I'm looking forward to today's conversation. Uh, why don't you take some time and tell all the construction champions out there a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I have been in sales for over 30 years. And in the uh, I started out actually um, as a, a kid in my dad's landscape business. And so when I was growing up and until I went to college, and then I said, no more, dad, I can't work for you anymore. So I left. But that was the beginning of my construction uh, experience, if you will. And I've jumped into uh, about 19 years ago, I started in the HVAC plumbing and electrical industries, specifically HVAC, but it also spread to plumbing and electrical because of the businesses that we were a part of or that I was a part of. And so I did sales, I did sales management, I did operations management, I even did general management. I ran a couple of heating and air conditioning companies. I've worked for manufacturers of HVAC equipment, and so I've kind of seen a lot of things and done a lot of things. Now I'm a sales and business coach for the trades. And I, I wrote a book, as you can see, if you're watching this visually, you can see it's called the Red Chair Experience. Um, and you can get it anywhere, audio or I mean, video on, not video. I guess you can't get it on video. Not, not yet. <laughs> we'll work on that. But uh, it's uh, any other platform. You've got digital, you've got rent uh, and even audio. I read the book in the audio too. Awesome. Well, I'm super excited for our conversation today with all the different experiences you've had in the different outlooks and different ways that you've seen businesses out there. I'm excited. So we're going to jump right in there and I'm going to ask the million dollar question. And that is what makes a construction champion? Well, it's a great question because I think a lot of us as in the construction industry, right, we, we think we've got our little niche and we, we can do our own little thing. And then we think, well, I've got to go out and I've got to expand and I've got to do this and I've got to pick up this habit and that, th you know, I've got to pick up all these different things that I'm really good at. I think what really makes a, a great champion is somebody who knows how to stay in their lane. And what I mean by that is if you're really good at swinging a hammer, swing a hammer. If you're really good at doing the financials, do the financials, right? But find that thing that you're really good at and that you really love and, and do that very well. Now in construction, right, we have to have to know how to run the business or sometimes we bring somebody in to run the business and that's okay too i know several hvac companies where the owner is actually somebody in the truck and he has somebody else running the business and that's perfectly fine right because they understand their niche they understand their their lane if you will where they want to stay I love that answer. And that's a very, it's a very unique perspective. We've had a lot of, a lot of people on here and talking about the owner being out in the truck and bringing on somebody else to run the business uh, that understands that business instead of learning it themselves. That's a, that's an out, out, kind of out of the box thinking there, especially from the, a coaching perspective. What, what is led down the road of uh, having that perspective on that? Well, you know, I, I've i learned a lot of different things over the years, right? I mean, I started with landscaping and then I uh, went to college for architecture and found out that I really didn't want to sit behind a desk and draw buildings. 
but I really love the the detail and I love drawing those things. But when I've gone through my sales career, I've I've done so many different things. But the one thing that I keep coming back to is I really enjoy consultative type selling, which means I'm partnering with you. I'm not trying to sell you something. I'm it's not transactional, right? Where uh, you use me once and we're done. It's I want to build a relationship with you, and so. What I found is, is that when I stay in my lane, when I, when I work with the things that really speak to me, man, my world goes a whole lot better. The things around me happen a whole lot better. And, and the people that I get to talk to and, and speak with and engage with, right, things just, they just naturally click and they naturally work. And I think too often, Ron, we, we get into this mode where we say, oh, I've got to do, and I've got to do, and I've got to do, right? And we start firing off on all these other places that we think we need to be. And we're so wrong because we lose track of the thing that really ignites our soul, that really gets us up in the morning and gets us going. And it's the reason we started the business in the first place. Yeah, I know. I, I love that because it really, you know, when you're really, really good at something and having the opportunity to continue to do that. And then, you know, I think the best leaders that I see are leaders that understand what they're really, really good at and then go find the best at the stuff they're not. And exactly. they're able to cast that vision of what they want and what does that look like at the end of the day. So what, what would you say is the biggest hurdle as you're working with guys out there uh, to helping keep people, as you would say, staying in their lane? What What is the hurdles that we have? I think one of the biggest hurdles is that people think that they can do it alone or they can do it by themselves and they don't have a business coach or they don't have, and I'm not saying this because I'm a business coach. I learned this as a business coach. It's imperative that you have mentors, that you have people around you, the sounding boards, call it whatever you want, advisory board. You have people surrounding you that, as you said, are good at other things, right? So if you're good at um, finance, I want to have a conversation with you, right? Because you can give me tips and tricks. Now, I may have to do it for a time on my own, but to your point, I have to get somebody in place if I want to grow and be a bit bigger company, right? If I'm going to have five employees, one of them needs to be HR, uh, accounts receivable, accounts payable, right? I can't do all of those things. So it's finding the right people and asking the right questions. But I think a lot of times we miss out on the fact that we just need someone to be in our ear that's not an internal voice and we all have that internal voice yeah you should do this no you shouldn't do this i'm not sure if i should do this i'm too scared i'm, I'm man let's just go for it right i just we have that internal voice sometimes we listen to it and sometimes we don't but a lot of times if we have somebody that we can trust that has our best interests at heart again this comes back to the mentor or the advisory group right the coaching where you say hey I need somebody that I can work with. And there's plenty of people that you can talk to and work with. Um, I would advise you that you talk to somebody that you pay some money to because if you're paying for it, you're going to pay attention to it. If you don't pay for it, you're probably not going to pay attention to it. Uh, I, I would definitely agree with that. And I, I think just in life in general, just even outside of business, it's important to be around the right people and have that sounding board have somebody that you can reach out to i know my partner jared like you know he's a sounding board like he's somebody that we think differently right. 
I, he doesn't come from the construction order. He's a, uh, you know, so, but it's somebody that I can openly have conversations with. And I know he's going to tell me, you know, the, he's going to be honest with me about it. And I, I think it's important having those people, not just in your, your business life, but also in your personal life. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'd heard that uh, Abe Lincoln had basically his cabinet that he chose. A lot of them were not from the same party, were not his friends, were not people that he quote unquote knew. He wanted to bring in people that were really good at what they did, but they also weren't going to be yes men or yes people, right? They weren't going to be someone that just goes, oh yeah, you're doing an awesome job. If you're not doing an awesome job, tell me, you know, tell tell them they're not doing an awesome job. Now, don't call them out in front of everybody else unless you need to, but get somebody around you that's not afraid to tell you the truth. You know, they don't bully you around, but at the same time, they're not going to pull any punches. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And so as you're out there and you're working with these guys, what are what are some of the hurdles besides just staying in your own lane and being really good? What what's the number one thing that can be implemented quickly that you see uh, on a daily basis that guys can take action on and get get going? So one of the things that I see is communication. And if you if it's more than just you, you have to learn to communicate. Right. So if you have three, three team members, five team members, 20 team members. You have to communicate, communicating on a daily basis. And I don't mean while I'm on the road and I'm, I'm eating my sandwich and I'm, you know, thinking about 20 other things. No, you need to have a um, really a daily meeting would be ideal, but at least every other day or every three days, you're getting together and saying, hey, here's what we're doing today. Here's the focus. Here's where we're headed, right? And have that dialogue so that people know the direction that you're headed. Plus, you know where they're at because you can't be in everybody's truck. You can't be in everybody's mind as they're going down the road and, and they're on the site. You have to be able to communicate. And so learn how to communicate early. Learn how to have those calm conversations, constructive conversations, right? So that you can learn how to communicate properly and your business is going to flourish. But a lot of people, they they struggle with communication. And then they use uh, Slack or they use Teams or they use whatever, Voxer or, or um, I'm trying to remember what else, WhatsApp, right? We we have so many different ways that we can communicate and we don't really focus on meeting in person. And so get with your team, spend time with your team and communicate with your team to make sure that you're getting the things done that you need to get done. Yeah, 100%. I mean, having a weekly meeting, I think is a checkbox item that has to happen. Like if you're not meeting face-to-face -face once a week, uh, that's something that definitely needs to be evaluated. And depending on where you're at in your business and continuing to grow it and continuing to scale it, there's other things that should be happening. I remember when we were scaling up our, our sales force and our director of sales, he was holding uh, every morning, 8 a.m. conference call, getting everybody on there because you, know, you have big organizations with a lot of people spread out. You can't get them every day into one place, but you can proactively get the right stuff in their ear and continue that training by setting it up and, you know, uh, doing it in person and then doing it over the phone. Like you said, not when you're having your lunch, like actually scheduling this stuff. 
Uh, it, that can go a long way for employees and kind of in that culture and what you're setting out there. Because for one, they people know it's not just, uh, hey, I decided we're going to have some kind of meeting or a conversation. Like this was a planned out event. Yeah, well, and, and that way we learn how to communicate better as well, right? We have to plan the events. We have to plan the time because you may want to give some direction on where you want the company to go. You may want to find out what's happening with this particular project or this particular person, right? So planning these, having a set time and schedule. And I, I see too often where that and training, where we think, oh, you know, I don't know what to say to the guys. What's wrong with saying, here's how you hit a hammer, or here's how you hit a nail, right? With a hammer, right? Don't hit a screw with a hammer, right? It's using the right tool. And it's, and I know that sounds really basic, but I think sometimes we overthink this stuff, right? And and by the way, classic overthinker right here, right? I, I know how to do that. But at the same time, how do we get away from that? And getting away from that means doing something as simple as here's how you greet a customer. Here's how you interact. Here's what good customer service looks like. Here's what overcoming objections means, right? And and going through each one of those so that they can see what it looks like. And it could be really basic stuff. But, um, I'm, oh gosh, what's his name? Coach for UCLA for a long time. Um, one of the most successful coach, Coach Wooden, um, he used to, every year, he would give the same speech. And the, same, and the speech every year started off with, Here's how you tie your shoes, right? And why in the world would you do that? I mean, these guys were, were sticking around for three and four years. So they're, they're not one and done like they are today. But he started off every year with the same speech. And it was, here's how you tie your shoe, right? And you do this and you do this. And, and he wanted to make sure that everybody heard and understood the basics, right? And it could be as simple as how in the world do you tie your shoes, yeah, I do. I do believe that there's a lot of times that we will overthink what that training needs to look like or what the delivery needs to look like when it's more about scheduling it and doing it. And, you know, he used to teach that how to tie your shoes because he understood if his guys didn't tie their shoes right, they would end up with blisters and they wouldn't be able to play. Yeah, The, the same thing can happen is you don't train on how to use this tool or do this, something can happen. And then that player is out. You could have an injury or just a misunderstanding. There's all kinds of stuff. And we don't have to be like this rock star that's coming in there in my mind. Like the yeah. more you're just you and you lean into that and you teach what needs to be taught. So as leaders, we have a vision of where our company's headed and we have to understand how to cast that and how to get there. Mm -hmm. And whatever is pouring on you is like, this is what we need to talk about. I would lean into that because yeah. there's a reason why that's put on you. Yeah. One of the things I've, I've spoken with a number of friends about recently is um, listening to the nudge. And what that means simply is this, you get a nudge to call somebody, you get a nudge to say something to someone. It doesn't have to be profound. It doesn't have to be over the moon, right? It doesn't have to be this big prophetic type of conversation. It could be, hey, Ron, how are you doing? Right? I was thinking about you today. I was just wanting to touch base and see how things are going. 
and listen to those nudges that you get, right? Because you don't have to be all things to all people. What you have to be is really good at what you do and get and surround yourself with the right people. And that's what makes very, very successful business people. Yeah, I would 100% agree with that, that there's a reason why you have a feeling and you want to do something and you should just do it. Whether that's reaching out to somebody within your organization, a manager, an employee, going to a job site. Like if you're sitting there and you feel like, man, I should just go to a job site. You should maybe just go to the job site. Like I, I think we put, when you talk overthinking to me, like we overthink so much that we put all these barriers in front of ourselves, mm -hmm. which then result in what we hear all the time is I'm just busy. Like, I'm just so busy. I can't do this. I can't do this. I really want to do that. But I, I think you're really hitting on something when you're talking about that overthinking, that we're really just, we're, we're thinking about it too much. Yeah. Yep. So when it comes to overthinking, how do you get these guys to have a breakthrough? How do we get through that, that gray area of that overthinking? Well, it usually takes about two years of therapy or writing a book. Um, no, seriously, it's for a lot of us, it's becoming aware that we overthink, right? It's it's understanding that, hey, I'm spending way too much time on this. I'm not getting enough done. And recognizing if I just write down a list of things that I need to do, now I can move on, right? Because sometimes it's just writing it down and just acknowledging that it exists. I need to call Aunt Bertha. I, I need to write, I need to go here. I need to do that. I need to have blah, blah, blah. I need to pick up this uh, supply line for this dishwasher. I need to whatever, right? Whatever's going through your head, write it down. And once you write it down, now it's done. It's on the piece of paper. So it's, it's somewhere where you know you're going to get back to it. Now I can go finish what I was thinking about. Now I can go finish doing what I was doing, right? And the nudge comes in where, where we say, Oh, I left this morning in a in a huff and I didn't do this for my spouse or I didn't do this for my kids, right? And so can you do that really quickly? Can you make that phone call? Can you send that text? Can you can you communicate? Hey, I'm sorry I left this morning, didn't say goodbye. I love you. I hope you have a great day, right? Could be as simple as that. But that's a nudge, right? And so we listen to the nudge. And then once that nudge is done, once we've we've done that thing, now we can stop thinking about it and move on to what we were supposed to be doing in the first place. I think that right there is very powerful because we do. We'll let that thing that we didn't handle, that we knew we should have, and we'll just let it fester instead of just saying, all right, so I messed that up. Here's the action that I can take to correct that and move on. Yeah. Like and that's that to me is that that's a, a very profound way to look about that. Look at this, what we're talking about. And that can be utilized in every scenario, whether it's an interaction with a family member, an employee, a coworker, uh, a subordinate or a boss. Like if, if it didn't go how you thought it was or you said something and it's not how you wanted it interpreted, interpreted just correct it. Like just do it. Like Nike would say, like just do it and make it happen. And it's probably not going to be perfect. But I think that's where we get into that overthinking is like we want, we're trying to, it, it went to shit. 
And now we're trying to overthink how we can make it better because then we want the perfect way to come out of this when all we really need to do is just take action. Yeah. I, I normally share with people and coach people on um, doing a little self-evaluation after each one of your calls or after each one of your jobs or whatever that you do. Right. So in HVAC, I was, I was seeing two, three, four clients a day. Right. And after each one, I would always ask myself two questions and you can do this. doesn't matter what industry you're in. doesn't matter what your job is. Number one, what did I do? Right. Always ask yourself, what did I do? Right. There's no beating yourself up. There's no criticizing. Hey, what did I do? Right. I greeted them with a smile. I shook their hand. I, brought all my tools to the job site, right? I wore shoe covers if that's appropriate, right? I did the things I was supposed to do. I put the nails in the right place. I put the screws in the right place. I made it look pretty. That's awesome. The second question you wanna um, ask yourself is, what could I do differently? And again, it's not a criticism. It's, it's you know what? I fumbled over this part of the presentation, maybe I need to practice that, right? Maybe I need to say that over and over and over again, right? Or you've got some scripting that you use when you're when you're doing a job or you're you're doing something in particular, or you have a process and you go, oh, I, I forgot, man, I forgot step six and seven. Let me go back and see those again and see what those are, right? So make sure that you're doing them in the in the order that you need to in order to be successful. So what did I do right? What could I do better? Right. And those are two questions that I think we don't ask ourselves enough and give ourselves enough credit to say, hey, we did a fantastic job. Here's some tweaks I can make. And it, it's not a beating up session. This is not a man. I suck. I I really screwed this up. I, I you know, and we do. We all do that. I've been there, done that. Right. I, I'm not sharing anything that I haven't already done or screwed up. So we get the opportunity to be proactive and be a little bit different, right? And look for ways to improve. So ask yourself, what did I do right? What could I do better? And those two questions will give you a ton of information and share it with your friends, right? Hey, Ron, I was at this job today. I went and did this and this and this. And then you might ask, hey, what about, did you do step six or seven? Oh, thanks for reminding me, man. I totally forgot about that. You're right. I, I can see where that would have been helpful if I would have done that, right? And so even in that communication, in that sharing it with somebody else, there could be some give and take and say, hey, sounds like you did an awesome job. Ron, it sounds like you did everything right. Did you greet him with a smile? Yeah, man, I did. I made sure that everything was out of my mind and I was I was there for the customer. That's awesome, man. Did you clean up after the job? Yeah, man, everything was gone. We, we had, you know, three bags of trash we pulled away, whatever, right? So again, it's communication. I love it. And I, I think those two points right there is a great way to end the show here today. Uh, that that really drives home the whole message of not overthinking it. And Chris, it's been it's been awesome having you on the show here today. Where if anybody wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, aside from the liner, uh, the show notes, right, you're going to you'll have all that stuff. <laughs> Uh, the best way to reach out to me is to go to coachchrisconsulting.com. And that's where you can find everything. You can find out about my book. You can contact me on the Contact Us page. Uh, it's got all my info there. All of my social medias, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. If you have any questions, you want to see some of my videos, training videos I've done, they're on YouTube, right? All of that stuff is there. So if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. 
Awesome. Thank you for uh, taking the time to be on Construction Champions today. Absolutely. Thank you, Ron. Appreciate it. Awesome. All right, Construction Champions. That's another fire episode. And we talked a lot about overthinking. So that leads me to believe that we have a lot of over overthinkers out there in the Construction Champions podcast audience. I know I'm guilty of this. As well as Chris said, you know, he let us know he's guilty of this. So like I always say, like, let's, let's take a look in the mirror. Let's understand exactly what are we doing? How are we setting ourselves up for success or failure? And when we have those breakpoints, those failures, are we just sitting there thinking about it all day long instead of figuring out an action to be able to correct that? Because that's where we really start to open up our way, ourselves. We start to be able to stay in that lane where we're the most productive we can possibly be. Because we've all been there where we had an interaction first thing in the morning that didn't go exactly how we wanted it to. And then that rippled throughout the day. And it caused other interactions to not go how they were supposed to do. What if we start to look at it as when that happens... We take the time to just course correct it immediately afterwards, and we don't worry about being perfect. So, construction champions, until next time, be the champion you were meant to be.